Welcome to the Church Pulse Weekly Podcast, featuring leadership author and podcaster, Carrie Newhoff, and Barna President, David Kinneman. This podcast delivers unprecedented insights every week into how church leaders are navigating constant change in an era of disruption and discusses new digital tools to help you stay connected in real time to the people in your church. And now, your hosts, Carrie Newhoff and David Kinneman. Welcome to Church Pulse Weekly. It's Carrie Newhoff here along with David Kinneman, and we're bringing you a special edition, a bonus episode, if you can call that, because, uh, David, we just saw some fresh data that we really thought deserved an episode of, it, of, of its own uh, that we could just kind of talk to the church leaders that we're serving and give them an update on how we're all doing. And uh, last year, David, you and I talked about the fact that there was a stress-slash-burnout-slash-mental health crisis among church leaders, and uh, we have some fresh data, as in Q4 2021, and unfortunately, things did not get better over the last year. I think you can make an argument, David, that 2021's been a harder year in many ways than 2020 was, but uh, thanks for doing this bonus episode, David, and uh, we're just going to share some data and see if you recognize yourself in the numbers. And we're doing this because we love you, because we care for you, because we're in your corner, and we want to see you strong, and we want to see the church strong moving forward. Absolutely. And thanks for joining us, uh, everybody. We're, um, we've been, I think, from the very beginning of, of this podcast, really set about to inform you, help you understand uh, sort of your own experience and the experience of others. And uh, today we want to talk about uh, something we're seeing uh, just um, right, right re- recently here, just fresh out of the the research oven, uh, collected October 12th through October 28th um, among 500 senior pastors. And um, what we wanted to do was to look at this idea of uh, a question we had asked earlier in the year, and it, it's worded this way, have you given real serious consideration to quitting being in full-time ministry within the last year? And we last asked that question in January of 2021, uh, just just under a year into the pandemic. And at that time, 29%, so three in 10 pastors said that was true of them. And we decided we wanted to update that because that number had gotten a lot of, a lot of uh, attention. Um, and what we found in this current study, um, if you're watching along via video, uh, you can you can watch this whole podcast on on uh, YouTube if you're interested. And I've got some PowerPoint slides showing up on the screen share here. Um, if you're not, we'll make this audio friendly and you can listen along. But what we found in this most recent study, just collected uh, recently here in the end days of, of October 2021, is that it's now 38% of pastors who say they've given real serious consideration to quitting being in full-time ministry, that's now two in every five senior pastors. And that's just a huge shift. And uh, this is really signaling, I think, that pastors are are in a state of crisis. Well, 29% made headlines a year ago when we released that data, David. And now, you know, for it to jump nine points to almost 40%, 38%. I mean, you're the social researcher. Uh, Just frame that for us. How typical is that for, um, you know, how statistically significant. And then you've also got all the historic data that we've had as well. So uh, just frame that for us. Well, I think one of the themes I've talked about in uh, this podcast is I feel like I've spent 25 years preparing for the last, you know, 18 and a half months or whatever it's been since the pandemic began. And um, and so this, if, this feels like a, a really big deal 
you just don't see uh, social change happen as quickly as as we're seeing here. And um, you know, um, we saw obviously in the in the weeks after. Uh, the pandemic, a lot of things that were sort of up in the air. And then in the months that happened after that, it was like there was so much fluctuation in public opinion and church attendance and and so many different parts of the social fabric and spiritual lives of Americans were sort of put into disarray. And um, the only thing that comes close to this was 9-11, that after 9-11, there was a 30, 60, 90-day kind of like blip. But um, yeah, this is a, a, a huge shift. And Again, I think I, I sort of expected it to be sort of maybe a few points higher, um, you know, that, that or that would hold in in this sort of upper twenties. But going from twenty nine percent to to thirty eight percent, from three and ten to two and five now, um, it, it's it's telling us, as you said, that twenty twenty one was not an, not an easy year for a lot of leaders, and it's causing them to realize, you know, like what did I get into ministry for? And, um, you know, it's, and the exhaustion is sort of setting in for, for a lot of leaders. Now, again, there's some other leaders who are, who are not in that 38%, 62% said no to that question. You know, I was talking to a church leader, uh, just this weekend who was talking about scrubbing the slate clean, like, Hey, on his team, he said, we're not talking about, you know, pre pandemic, post pandemic, we're just talking about our current reality so that we don't sort of look back to the good old days, but that's sort of been helpful reframing of, you know, we're not, we're not, we're just, this is our, this is our new reality. And I do think the leaders who are, who are operating on that kind of basis are, are more resilient. But again, we want to talk today about this huge finding. We want to just have a, you know, kind of a place to talk about what does this mean? How are you feeling as a listener? What do you need? Um, you know, what are, what are things we can learn from the data, but then also what does this mean for us to invest in leaders so that we're, you know, so that we can stay in the game for as long as the Lord, uh, you know, allows and, and wants us to be in, in this ministry effort. Yeah, I think what, uh, I mean, when you shared that data with me, and again, it's fresh, so we haven't had a lot of time to, I haven't had a lot of time to process it, but, you know, theoretically, if uh, at the beginning of the year, January of 2021, 29% of pastors were thinking, seriously thinking of quitting, at least a percentage of them quit, right? So you would almost assume, okay, it was a bad year, but like some of them are gone now, so it's probably going to lower the stat. And the fact that it rose, it would be really interesting, <laughs> interesting is the wrong word, it would be significant to see, you know, okay, so how many people actually lost pastors, and now you've got an additional or a current 38% who are seriously thinking about packing it in. Like, that's that's creating almost crisis-level staffing in the church. And I know, you know, I don't think the research went in this direction, but a lot of the people who are leaving ministry are not just going to another church, right? They're, this is this is like vocational exit. So imagine 40% of doctors leaving, or 40% of uh, attorneys, or 40% of Uber drive, you know, Uber Eats drivers. Like that's a very significant number, no matter what field you're in. And again, they're not all going, but it's like these are alarm bells. This is significant. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of. Uh... A lot of data now. I'm sure listeners are aware of this. We can put it in the show notes. But there's, um, you know, people are calling it the Great Resignation. Uh, you know, employers are looking for uh, for for warm bodies, um, and so I think this fits within a larger, you know, social context, which is that you know the pandemic has caused a lot of people to ask even deeper questions around what they want to do, where they want to live, how they want to live. Ironically enough, it doesn't seem to have translated as much, at least from the data that we're seeing 
into those existential questions around spiritual lives and you know sort of like it's, it's not it's not that no one has grown spiritually there's a or it's not a deconversion stat it's not like i've lost my faith and i'm i'm walking away from christianity it's just no i don't know whether i want to be a pastor anymore correct and but looking at it from the pop, pop, us population perspective it's it's interesting isn't it that there's this um, this sense in which people are willing to quit jobs, change jobs. I mean, I, I think I saw the, the last sort of um, you know employment report that like the, the, another month of just record levels of people quitting, and and all that turnover is going to be um, in our economy is is certainly going to take you know a lot of effort to recover from because people have to be trained and new jobs and like there's a lot of sideways energy you know it's like there's a good healthy churn for employees but it also means that you know these industries are going to have to restaff and rehire and all the things um, there's going to be a lot of you know sort of long-term lag from that but i think that that the pastors are in that same space like we're all kind of asking ourselves what do we really want to do with our lives going for going forward and um you know, again, I think there's some really good, healthy things for this. I mean, we have 320,000 Protestant churches in the United States. Uh, that's a it's a phenomenally large number, um, and you know, to put that in context, it's something like you know 15,000 McDonald's. But you've got you've got nearly 20 times more uh, Protestant churches than McDonald's in America. So I'm always, you know, aware of the fact that. You know, we, we we still need more pastors. We still need more people who are thinking pastorally. I actually think this is a good reminder that we need bivocational leaders, people who, um, you know, have a one foot in the work world and another foot in 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 uh, in church ministry, and that bivocational pastoring could be a really important trend. Um, you know, and so so I think this tells us that there's a a real healthy reshuffling of the way ministry staff and staffing is going to work. But it does tell us that these men and women are really feeling the pressure right now. And they're wondering, you know, with the pandemic, with mask mandates, with vaccination debates, with political challenges, especially in 20, late 2020, uh, with questions around, you know, race and the long, the long discussion now around, you know, what is right and what's not right, um, critical race theory. I mean, it's just a really tough time. And then, you know, pastors are just being put in this place more than ever of, trying to navigate that of trying to oh, pastor was telling me a few days ago that you know people in his congregation are asking him to sign sort of a vaccination waiver for their workplace or whatever whatever right that, right you know it's like all the things that are um, sort of religious exemption you know, and he's like i'm sorry i'm not going to do that for you and so just all the pressure points that pastors are facing is a it's a it's a a, a really compelling and um fascinating like experiment on what it's going to mean to be in ministry you know in the days to come and again we're just here to like level with you this is you're not alone if you're feeling this um you're not alone if you're if you've actually left ministry you're not alone if you're if you're worn out and you're considering it thank you for being honest in our surveys we're, we're here to barn exists to try to help amplify your voice so that other leaders can understand what you're going through um you know and we're here to help encourage you you know like there's there's still you know, God's still on His throne, and there's still a lot of a lot of ministry that's need needed to be done. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, you know, uh, the other thing that that's coming to mind too is, uh, you know, I worked in a restaurant when I was in college. It takes about two days of training to be able to serve, not to serve well, but to be able to like functionally serve at a table. Uh, you know, ministry isn't a profession, but it, but it operates that way in terms of training. Like you've got, 
years of theological training and Bible school or seminary. And so, you know, if if this brain drain, this exit continues, that that could be a crisis level for the church. And so it's something, you know, the church has been through a lot over 2,000 years. We'll get through this. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a challenge for sure. And the, and the other thing, you know, I've been finally back on the road, so it's been wonderful to be able to talk with church leaders. I was in Dallas and Nashville, and uh, it was it was just great to actually meet on the ground and hear so many stories. And one of the things that Chris is crystallizing is now for two years, leaders have never worked harder. But what's making it difficult? Hard work is one thing, but hard work with half the reward is super challenging. And when you look at the return to church numbers, they are inching up. Um, but, you know, most churches are 50 to 70% of what they were pre-pandemic. And so you're like, wow, I am doing everything I know how to do, and I'm seeing less than hoped for results. That's very fatiguing. Now, the question, because some of you will say, okay, well, how did you frame the question? The question, David, is uh, when we ask pastors whether they were thinking of leaving, it's have you, and I quote, have you given real serious consideration to quitting being in full-time ministry within the last year? That was the question that 38% of pastors said yes to. And then you've got a breakdown on a little bit more of who that group is. Do you want to walk us through that, David? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, what's interesting is that there's a few uh, things that are are pinging for us in uh, tenure. So um, ministry leaders who've been uh, in in ministry for twenty years, uh, were were more likely than average, and those that had been at their own ch- at their church for seven years were also more likely than average uh, to say that they were feeling that. Um, it sort of feels like there's even more experienced pastors and not the, the those with less experience that were feeling it. But there's sort of this almost like the seven year itch, I guess, in marriage. There's sort sort of this sense of leaders who like you know. I've been trying to lead you people for a while, you know, and this is not this is not what I signed up for. So they've been in ministry a long time, but not as long at their church. If that is true, then they're more likely to have answered, yeah, I'm thinking of packing it in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Another trend was this idea that uh, mainline leaders that we interviewed, that would include uh, Episcopalian, uh, certain certain parts of, of Presbyterian, um, you know, Methodist, uh, et cetera, they're more likely. Fifty-one percent of those leaders said that they were considering quitting, uh, compared to thirty-four percent of non-mainline. So that would be more evangelical-oriented churches or non-denominational. And we also found that um, that uh, you know, you know, both among younger pastors and older pastors, uh, the, um, uh, the, the there was an increase in 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 saying that they were willing to quit, interested in thinking about quitting. Um, and actually, younger pastors were more likely than um, older pastors to say that they were given serious consideration to quitting. So 45 and under, uh, under 45, I should say, um, 46%, nearly half said they were interested and willing to quit. And among those 45 plus um, is 34%. So, you know, I think there's there's a real interesting question about how this is going to hit, you know, younger generations. We were just talking about tenure, which is just one way of, of measuring it. But I think this idea that younger pastors are struggling too, uh, as a, struggling to an even greater extent, and maybe they feel like they have more options. Maybe they f- maybe they feel like you know s- some of the core values of ministry that they got into ministry for are are uh, you know it's just not not there. And um, and but they but they sort of understand there could be other ways of expressing you know kind of that heart for ministry. Well, that's a 
that's doubly concerning to me, you know, as I look at the numbers, David. And again, I know most of you are listening via audio. Thank you. We'll try to make this as clear as we can. There's a YouTube version of this conversation too, if you want to see the data. And I'll be I'll be writing about it as well on my channels. But um, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, if you're you know over 45 or 50, and the clergy is disproportionately older, you've established that in a number of studies over the last decade. Uh, I think the average age right now is about 50 for senior pastors, but maybe somewhere at 55 or 60 or 65. And it's like, okay, maybe I'll tap out now. You know, I'll expedite this. Uh, But that's only 34% are thinking of leaving. But when you go to the under 45s, it's almost half, 46%. And that really, uh, you know, gets to my heart because (laughs) I think we need more young leaders in the church and we need some really bright leaders in the church. And if half of them are thinking of packing it in, that's like, Gosh, that's a that's a that's a toughie. So I'm not, I'm not going to take this as the end of the story, but uh, it's certainly part of our story right now. No, and I think again, speaking to listeners who are you know under 45, who are you know maybe recently planted a church, and you know we've had some of those great conversations with people that planted a church just a few months before the pandemic started, and just the, you know, <laughs> great timing. Like, the <laughs> they courage, made it. The, the courage that these uh, younger men and women have had to to stick it stick it through um, and stick at it, but um, you know, I just I think there's some real you know, like as we say, sort of there's one headline for the study which could be cri- pastors in crisis, and and it's sort of younger pastors are even in greater crisis. Um, the other data point that's interesting is that uh, senior pastors who are women, more than half said they were. Uh, given serious consideration to quitting, whereas about a third of of men uh, who who lead uh, were giving serious consideration. So the, the, another data point is that sort of the, this time period has hit women in leadership even harder uh, than men in leadership. And then um, one other significant finding, which you'd really you know I think come to expect. Sometimes we do research and it sort of feels like uh, you know um, Captain Obvious, but but. Um, <laughs> When we we compared pastors who were considering quitting to pastors who are not considering quitting, uh, there was a big gap in terms of their ratings for uh, kind of personal flourishing. So you know, financial well being, spiritual well being, vocational, relational, physical, emotional. Um, there was you know like always a higher level of pastors who are considering quitting. Pastors who are considering quitting have have a much lower, I should say, sort of self assessment um, of of excellent or good, you know, emotional, financial, spiritual, et cetera, well being. We created this this interesting thing we call call an aggregate of a healthy pastor, and healthy pastor is an aggregated score showing the percent of respondents who answered excellent or good for all, uh, I think, six different well being factors. And so uh, those pastors who are who are not considering quitting, 47% qualified as a healthy pastor. Again, these are just ways we kind of try to estimate certain things. So it's it's just it's just a, a way of ballparking it. So 47% of pastors who are not considering quitting answered excellent or good on all of these six well-being, financial, spiritual, vocational, relational, physical, and emotional, 47%. Among those who consider quitting, 14% said that they were that qualified as our healthy pastor. And so, you know, on one of the one or more of those those six factors, they're ranking themselves as below excellent or good. And again, just another another factor that it's like, 
it's it's not just the ministry that's pulling people down, right? The 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 task of ministry, but you know we're all human beings, and so there are a variety of factors that you know make us resilient or able to meet the challenges of of the day or the week. And um, you know, just I think this is a, an incredible set of data that kind of helps us understand you know exactly some of the pressure points that leaders are facing. So does it follow, it's a question, I wanted to make it as a statement, I'm like, no, I better ask a question because you're the researcher, that if we would improve the uh, emotional, spiritual, um, relational, physical, vocational, and financial well-being of church leaders, we would probably see a drop in those who are wanting to exit, that somehow well-being and, and longevity are connected in ministry? Well, I think research as, as a classically trained social researcher, you know, my mem- my memory verse is always correlation does not equal co- uh, causation, you know, and so um, and 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 I'll admit sometimes it's 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 easy to talk about, you know, when we talk about resilient disciples, you look at different factors that we've analyzed, you know, we're 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 in a, a, a type of field, social research, market research, you know, kind of public opinion polling where it's very difficult to do cause and effect analysis, you know? And so even in medical science where you've got, you know, control groups and experimental groups and placebos and, you know, lots and lots of, you know, literally billions of dollars that are invested in drug development every year. um, Even then you can't always isolate all the factors. So there's no way for us to say, if you did this, then this outcome would happen. But clearly these factors hang together and, you know, and and so recognizing that, and it, and it just makes sense, um, even scripturally, when you look at things like how how I think aspects of scripture talk about, you know, godliness has promise not just for the life to come, but also for the life that is. And you know, Jesus says, "I have come for you to have you know life and life to the full." And we're to lo- love God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and strength. There's all these sort of I think indicators in scripture of a sort of a fully formed you know, kind of whole life that he cares about our, our, the temple of our, our bodies. Um, and, and so, you know, all those, all those things I think matter and they will matter more than ever. And and it's something I've been thinking about for a number of years, but, you know, there's a, a really fascinating book called Anti-Fragile and it's a, um, it's a, it's a dense read, but the idea is there's sometimes we think about sort of strong leadership or weak leadership or strong systems or weak, weak systems, and he proposes there's actually a third point on that, you know, it's not really the scale, but a third thing to be considering, which is anti-fragile, which is things that actually grow in strength when they're uh, when they're uh, pressed. And it's a real, it's it kind of undergirds some of the, the language choice I've used in the last number of years around resilient discipleship. It's that they're not just sort of like strong and robust, like the pyramids of Egypt, like they've just stood the test of centuries. Um, those, the, the pyramids of Egypt are actually not very resilient. They are robust, but they're not necessarily resilient. And, um, whereas if you looked at, um, you know, the, 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 um, the redwood forests of California, those are, those are resilient because there's a, an, or, you know, an organic, you know, thing to them that the, the tougher, the pressure that's placed on them, the stronger, the deeper the roots go, um, and so I think there's something really important for us to consider in this moment and for each of us individually. I mean, I, I had a, a Tuesday last week where I was like, man, my margin is, is thinner than I wanted it to be uh, as I absorbed a few emotional hits related to some things at work and personal stuff. 
and um, and just recognizing, okay, how do I put more and more margin? I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to like the absolute guru of you know margin and, and life, but you know these are sort of sort of life hacks and ways of thinking about you know margin and productivity and keeping yourself centered. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you with that. I'll, I'll, well, I was just gonna say, David, like I mean, I led without margin for a decade, and it just about killed me. And so the last 15 years of my life, you know, in 25 years of leadership has been finding personal margin. And then over the last five years, realizing, oh, wait, this isn't a personal quest. This could help thousands of other leaders. And so I have the privilege of, of helping leaders think through it. And, you know, I would say at least, I always tell people, because they're like, should I leave? Should I stay? Should I go? I'm like, never quit on a bad day. I have been so tempted to do terrible things to my life and to... Um, <laughs> you know, the people I care about in my leadership on bad days or in bad seasons. And, um, you know, I think you can quit on a good day. I left law. I left, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, stepped out of ministry six years ago. So, I mean, I don't think you can never leave. It's not the Hotel California. It's not. You can you can check out and you can leave. But I think you need to do that after it's been prayed through. You're in a relatively healthy space. You're making a choice that you won't regret. Your church won't regret. And so, you know, like Pete Scazzaro, who we've had on this podcast, I think it's just so important to um, create emotionally healthy leaders and spiritually healthy leaders. And then you've got a chance to say, is this a lifetime pursuit? I think that's so well said. And um, one of my colleagues, Joe Jensen, uh, was was talking about some of these findings and, and said, you know, that going through this journey of of what do I want to do? And and you know, I was even at a conference yesterday where where uh, it was Bob Goff who reminded uh, who reminded us of that question that Jesus asks the blind man, like, what do you want? And you know, Bob, who I'm sure I'm sure most of our listeners will know, Bob is just hysterical, and it's like he's like, duh, I'm blind, you know. <laughs> um, but I think this is a moment where where I feel like the Lord's asking us, the Holy Spirit's coming alongside leaders and so like, what do you want? You know, and 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 it's actually a good thing for us to go back to the core of what we're what we're really feeling called to, what we want. And I think actually, you know, there's not to get into a, th- a theological set of questions, but I think the Lord honors, you know, our being clear about what we want. Now, that doesn't mean we um we shouldn't walk with the Lord's will. And it's quite the opposite. I actually think there's something profound about, you know, if you might remember the story in scripture where uh, David asks Samuel if he can build, uh, build the temple and Samuel actually says, do whatever it is in your heart to do. Now that story has the the end where Samuel has to come back and say, Oh wait, I, I heard wrong. Uh, but the, I, and I've wondered, is that like a principle that, you know, it's like do whatever is in your heart to do. Cause there's something very wise, like you're walking with the Lord, you should do what you want to do. Um, and I do think sometimes we're debilitated in this current moment as leaders by overchoice, by decision paralysis, by, as you said, sort of making our decisions on a bad day to, 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 to leave or to quit or to feel up or to feel down. But I, I just, I just feel like, you know, for, for me, I'll just, I'll just sort of be real honest. It's like going through what I've gone through the last couple of years, losing my wife, uh, to brain cancer, uh, I've certainly been soul searching, you know, m- more at the beginning of the year uh, in 2021 than than now at the end. But you know, what do I want? And um, I think that's a really good thing because 
leading through our doubts and our questions, going deeper in our personal relationship with Jesus, coming out more resilient. Uh, it might mean we're going to remain in full-time ministry. I've decided I really want to lead Barna into the into the future, uh, but it may mean God calls us somewhere else. And either way, we're following Jesus more deeply, more authentically, more wholeheartedly. Well, David, you know, I'm, I'm glad you raised that because it, it turned my mind, like speaking of resilience, like what you've been through with Jill's, was it four-year battle with cancer and then her passing a year ago? And, you know, here you are and, um, you know, there, there are wounds. There's, there's a hurt that will be there until heaven, but um, you are leading, you are living, you are enjoying your life, perhaps in a different way than you would have four or five years ago, but you made it through the valley of the shadow of death to date. And uh, I was with um, at a women's conference in Nashville yesterday. We're recording this on a Saturday, just if you know how concerned David and I are about this. Uh, we couldn't make it work on our schedules. You're in Phoenix. I was in Nashville. I'm going to San Diego Monday. And we're like, well, let's just do it on a Saturday because we're, we're committed to these leaders. But, you know, they were doing a Q&A with me after about my burnout because that's what I'm known for these days. You know, hey, if I'm going to do anything well, I'm going to burn out well. So Pied that Piper, was the Pied Piper of burnout. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was a decade after it. It was the worst season of my life. And if you're in a lot of pain right now as a leader, and I know a lot of leaders listening to this are in a tremendous amount of pain. I mean, it was grief, it was darkness, it was shadows, and it was burnout, and I could barely see the light. And then gradually, I got out of burnout, and after about three to five years, had created a system that you know I now talk about all the time, it's in At Your Best, but uh, where I was, okay, if I do this, I will stay out of burnout. And I was so grateful, but it led to margin, margin in emotional health, spiritual health, et cetera. I got healthy by the grace of God. But it took a decade for me to be grateful for my burnout. And he lets me tell this story publicly, but I was with uh, Jeff Henderson, and he went through a, a series. He's a former lead pastor of Gwinnett, now the founder of the Ford Company. And uh, Jeff was going through a period of burnout. Uh, I think it was in 2014 or 2015, so a decade after my burnout. He flew up here. We hung out together. And I remember walking down to a lake, talking to him about it, and I put my hand on his shoulder and it was the first time I really realized, wow, God is using that passage in my life to minister to others. And for the first time, it took 10 years, 10 years. But for the first time, I was grateful I had burned out. Before, it was just like a terrible memory of whatever. And I'm like, God, you actually used that. And I think to Joe's point, Joe Jensen, who, by the way, is the behind-the-scenes producer extraordinaire for this show, you know, he's right. God is, could be using this. And if you're going to leave, leave on a good day. Leave after you prayed about it. Leave after uh, your mentors and wise counsel have blessed it. Leave when your family is aligned. But to walk out, and I was tempted to walk out many, many times, uh, that can be a mistake. And there may be something that God is doing in you. And the way I look at it now is God was refining me. He's like, okay, 700 people just about killed you, Newhoff. Um, I've got more for you. Yeah, but I need to refine you, and I've got to do some work in your soul and in your heart and with your leadership skills because you're not ready for it. Now, I didn't know that. I had no idea what was ahead. But now I look back at it, and I'm grateful for it because it was refining. And so perhaps we're all being refined right now in a new way, and it's painful and it's awful. But if you persevere and you make good decisions, perhaps five, ten years from now, um, 
there will be some gratitude for what God is doing in this season. I know there's a lot more stats, and uh, we'll probably touch on a few before we wrap up, but those are just some thoughts to those of you who are in a lot of pain right now. Yeah, well, that's all well said, and uh, it's an interesting framework, isn't it, to be able to look back on the the tough things that we've gone through that in, in time they actually become um, a source of comfort. I was reading in 2 Corinthians 1 where you know God is the source of all comfort, and to the extent that we suffer for Christ, we're able to comfort others. And, um, you know, the, Paul continues to say that, you know, we despaired of life and uh, we stopped relying on ourselves and instead learned to rely on God. And I think that's a lot of the lesson of this moment. So I would emphasize to those in pain, it took a decade for me to get there. So don't like, it's not overnight, or at least it wasn't for me. But yeah, I do think when we come through seasons like this, we can look back perhaps with gratitude in the future. Absolutely. Actually, I'm all out of stats. I mean, that's pretty much the story of the data. Um, yeah, that's the, the main the main headline here was that 38% of pastors now uh, say they're giving real serious consideration of quitting uh, or have done in the last year. And um, uh, that just, I think, tells us that there's, there's a real soul, soul searching and let's continue to, as leaders, lean into what that means in terms of, of, of going deeper into the Lord and, and, you know, that refining fire that you talked about actually helping us have the leaders that God wants for his future church. And God does not need people who are, uh, who just don't know what else they could do. Um, you know, and that they're sort of, they, their life plan included another 18, 24, 36 months, you know, sort of stick, sticking around. And, and I, I think, you know, just, get really clear with yourself and people around you because you don't want to block the arteries of ministry right now, you know, with, with, with just sticking around for a paycheck. Like I, th- I think God is going to need a new energetic, resilient, and it doesn't, that's not a chronological age thing. You might feel uh, worn out and still ready to do more ministry. That's great. You may be, you know, an experienced seasoned leader. It doesn't mean you should, should leave. It's just, Let's just really seek the heart of the Lord to make sure we're clear on our calling uh, so that we can lead out of out of His strength and not our own. Well, if I could give one piece of advice, it would be don't go through this alone. Our mutual friend, John Mark Comer, uh, you and I have had n- numerous conversations with him on this podcast and other places. And, you know, John Mark talked about this last two years being the most excruciating time of his life in ministry. And he talked about, I forget exactly his term, you might remember David, but he had this little group and they would sit around the fire and just kind of process, just kind of vent with each other. And for me, that was a lifeline. And that person probably isn't on your staff because they work with you. It's probably not your elders. Uh, It might be, but it could be, you know, I had friends in Atlanta who uh, I would just call and vent to. And that is a lifeline. And then a good Christian counselor, et cetera. So, hey, leaders, we just want you to know that we're with you here at Church Pulse Weekly. David and I are in your corner, and uh, this is a little more pastoral episode. But if there's any way that we can serve you, any way that we can help you, please let us know because we're in your corner. We love you. Um, God is still on the throne. Doesn't feel like it, but he is. And uh, David, I'll give you the final word. Yeah, I just want to say um, thanks to you, Carrie, for coming in on Saturday. <laughs> also, also uh, to, to leaders that um, you know, Barna is in, intending, and I know Carrie, your your team is intending to provide a lot of solution thinking, and uh, and you already do, and and so does Barna. But but we're really motivated. We've been feeling this sense of call to serving pastors, younger pastors, 
burnt out pastors, those that want more, those that need strength in the places where they're weak, those that need to understand strategically what's happening. So you can, you know, just be on the, on the lookout for more from our team because we, we believe that equipping healthy leaders for ministry uh, is such a vital part of, for us understanding the times and knowing what to do. And um, so, you know, we're, we're for you. We're, we're here for you. We care. Um, Friendship, as you were sort of saying, like there's nothing more important than getting good golly friends around you um, that can help you stay sane when you feel like you're going, you know, you just, you can't keep it together. Uh, that that was for me last last Tuesday. I, I was like, you know, I need more just godly friends around me right now. And, you know, thinking about how, how I need to make some changes just to, to put more intentional rhythms of that friendship because, you know, being able to talk about it. I've got a counselor and a spiritual director and lots of advisors, but just, just peers and friends it feels like i'm i'm a little a little low i hear you that's a that's a current thing too and i have friends all over the world but i need one or two a little bit closer here you know someone that you can say hey pop by at 10 a.m and let's go out and um yeah and you know the other thing i'm really committed to too i feel like this is god's calling on my life for this season but to help people thrive in life and leadership that is not just recover when you're in the ditch but how do we stay out of ditches and what do we do uh, to make sure that we live in a way each day that helps us thrive tomorrow. And I, I agree, those categories for human flourishing are so important. Um, so thank you so much, leaders. We're praying for you. We are in your corner. I hope this is ministered to you. And uh, we'll get through this together. Um, if this episode has meant something to you, feel free to share it with a friend. Uh, we do this all the time at Church Pulse Weekly. And uh, on behalf of David Kinneman, the team at Barna, myself, and my team at Carrie Newhoff Communications, thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Church Pulse Weekly podcast. Join us next week for more insights on navigating constant change in an era of disruption and how to stay connected to the people in your church.